Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Poppel, along with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks and uh, Carl Fan Fest 2022. Coach Dable and the Giants uh, in front of a big, enthusiastic crowd at MetLife Stadium on Friday night uh, put on quite a show. And I think we learned a lot from what we've seen out of the team over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we really have. And I, I was so uh, encouraged by the fan turnout and their enthusiasm for the team. And, you know, it was such a dark time, uh, very dark off season, if you will, um, coming out off of the last game up until the draft. And then there was some hope and optimism. And then after the draft, you see, and this is, you know, pretty much on the social media front, you know, the, the gloom and doomers are back, you know, and then it was all of a sudden, you're going to trade Barkley. You're going to trade Garoppolo, uh, for Daniel Jones, blah, blah, blah. And it's just a pessimism. But then when you step out of the social media bubble and you walk into the doors of MetLife Stadium, you saw so much enthusiasm for that team. I mean, it was it was great. So <clears throat> from that regard, this, this fan base is primed and ready for really good football now will it be great football early on I don't think so but they're going to be uh some wonderful moments and and fans are going to enjoy uh watching this team some of the things that we saw yesterday Bob were just you know an offense that you know it's got fast pace to it you saw um your offensive line starting to come together now we it's going to look a little different um when they get against a different opponent but the beautiful part about them going against the fronts that uh this defense is presenting it's going to prepare them for just about anything i tell you because it's um you know what you saw from week martindale yesterday just basically scratched the surface uh but they gave a lot of looks up front i mean a gap c gap b gap um a gap guys causing your offensive line to squeeze down and you're turning uh, guys loose on, on the edge. So it was, it was really good, but you know, the one-on-one battles that we saw um, were really good. You know, um, I, I like, I like what I see. Well, um, it's interesting too, because it, the, there's such a learning curve that's going on right now because you have to remember you have a first-time head coach, you have an entirely new staff. You have coaches on the staff that have come from other programs, other environments. Like you mentioned, defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. You got Mike Kafka who came through the Andy Reid group. Uh, you've got the special teams coordinator, Thomas McGahee, who's been a part of the Giants organization for a long time. And, um, you know, I went on the field after practice um, with my son and his friends before the fireworks started. They had, you know, they were letting people go on the field and run around and, you know, have fun. And I ran into Coach Dable, and he was with his family. He's always got his family around. That's mm -hmm. one of the cool parts about him. He's very in inclusive with 
making sure that everybody's involved. And I was talking with him and he was like, yeah, he goes, this, you know, one of the things that they were looking to get out of this practice was an added level of intensity than they even get when they're practicing on a daily basis mm. and the energy. And he said to me, he said, you know what? We also were able to get a gauge on where we are from a conditioning standpoint, because we were going at a different energy level than you normally would because of what the Giants fans brought to the table. Plus there's the mechanics of a new staff and communication sure. They had that 19 play drive and, and it was all by design to get measurables and detect where the team is at what point and what they need to focus and work on because they're going to play their first preseason game this coming Thursday night. Sure. So there was a nice little checklist that he was able to take out of last night, mm -hmm. Friday night at MetLife Stadium from an operation standpoint, communication standpoint, staff standpoint and gauging where his players are so it's always kind of like what we talk about carl it's what you see is not always what you're getting and what the reality is for them doesn't always match what all of us on the outside who don't know what their objectives are is actually happening sure. and i thought that was a fascinating part of last night yeah and the, the conditioning part uh, you could see Daniel Jones when they got down towards the end of that 19 yard drive, he had a few scrambles in there, but that heat was there. The intensity was there. Um, and this is good conditioning for you, for them, because this offense was not a plotting. Okay. Let's set up. We're going to motion in motion out, hand the ball off. This was a lot of running. The receivers had a lot of running to do. Um, Defensive front, they had a lot of pass rushing to do. So it wasn't, I don't know, of that 19-play drive, I don't know if there were even five runs in it. You know, I think they started off with a draw play, and then everything else was, you know, they were they were on the move a lot. And, you know, one thing that I, I am very impressed with is Daniel Jones made good decisions with the football yesterday. Um First play opened up, and Dory Jackson almost had one, but he made some some very decisive decisions. Um, the fact that, you know, when he decided to pull down out, in a real game, it could have been a sack, and I think um, Coach Dable talked about it. There was, there was a couple of times where either Julian Love or um, – no, it, was, it was never a Dory Jackson. It was either your slot corner or Julian Love that would get that would break into the backfield. And this is something worth um, thinking about too, because a team brings a blitz. That guy still has to get him to the ground. Now Julian mm -hmm. Love's got some size to him, right? But if you're bringing a slot corner, um, he's got to be a he's got to be a short tackler against a big quarterback. So. Oh. Let's let's not you just assume. remind you just reminded me of something. You remind this is going back like four or five years five years ago, maybe. Remember the Giants, and I can't remember who the DBs were, even the linebacker. Remember they would come on a blitz yeah. and they would they would get stoned by like a running back or something like that, yeah. or like let up. I don't think we're gonna see any of that letting up in the hole with Wink. No, you will not. But here's the thing. <laughs> 
if you're looking at a big six, five quarterback and let's say Darnay Holmes is the guy that's just got to tackle him. He's going to give his best shot. But if you got the bigs blocked up front and you're turning one guy loose and, you know, sometimes you got to beat that one guy. We hear that all the time from running backs. <clears throat> you got, <clears throat> you got one guy to beat. Daniel Jones, that's part of what they were scheming also yesterday. Hey, if a guy gets in there, don't assume you're going to be sacked. Escape. Know where you're going to escape to. Keep your eyes down the field. And he did on, that on several occasions. So you know, it's a win for the defense in terms of, okay, we got a guy free. But then as the play goes on, and from an evaluation standpoint, the head coach is saying, this could happen. You know, shit happens in the game. Guys get free sometimes. You're not a statue. You're a mobile quarterback. Make a guy miss. So win for the defense on the play call and the play execution. Win for the evaluation process for the quarterback who steps in, hands high on the ball. You can see he's conscious of those things, right? So blitz is coming, guy's free. When he steps up to avoid the blitzer, he's got both hands on the ball. It's up high. He's down the field, and he's making a play. So that's also extra conditioning for your quarterback, too. But those are things when, if you're a fan sitting in the stand, you say, boy, they didn't get that guy blocked. And uh, here we go again, right? Well, did they get all the bigs blocked, right? If the only guy they let free was Darnay Holmes and the quarterback can account for him or Julian Love and the quarterback can account for him, you still got a shot on that play. It's when all hell breaks loose and there's Leonard Williams up the middle, Julian Love off the edge, then you got a problem, right? But if you can get the bigs blocked, right? If there's no Kevon Thibodeau along with two other guys in your backfield, then you got a shot. And that's one of the things you got to think about. And that's one of the advantages of a mobile quarterback is that, hey, if we don't have a jailbreak, I, I'm counting on you, Daniel Jones, not only to account for this blitzer, but I don't want this play to break down. It's up to you to keep this play alive. Receivers beat your guy. And we got to see the quarterback make better decisions. And here's where I say better decisions. The quarterback has to make better decisions on his own personal safety. Yep. You know, like, um, listen, Josh Allen runs with the ball. He's bigger than Daniel Jones. Uh, he was incorporated within their offense. But the point I made with you last night was um, I always think about, like, Michael Vick, RG3. I think about those guys. And they were electric in their prime before they before they got injured. But those guys never knew when enough is enough. And they took right. so many unnecessary hits. Where Patrick Mahomes now, Russell Wilson for a long period of time, were also guys that were magical back there, spinning around, doing this and that, and then taking off. But then they knew to step out of bounds. They knew when to slide. Daniel Jones, that one of the things that he's going to have to do and improve upon is, hey, when he takes off and goes, and 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 I don't know how to, I, I wouldn't know how to coach this out of him. I mean, just think about it. When he takes off and runs, 
we've seen in the past, Carl, he's creating space as he gets down the field sure. with elite athletes chasing him. I mean, how many of his long runs where people are trying to gain on him and they're losing ground on him, but then there's that, you know, is he going to die for that extra? Is he going <laughs> to lower yeah. his shoulder? That he's got to just say, all right, enough is enough. Because it, we saw it last year. You can't have him hurt for six, seven, eight games. <laughs> no. Although um, with Tyrod Taylor there, I like my chances better than what they had. But still, it well, deflates the team. Well, here's the thing. Last year, by circumstance, they just were awful at quarterback, right? And they were awful on the offensive line. And that's why the quarterback uh, was always running for his life. Um, and oftentimes he was in collisions with two or three or four guys. So uh, the thing is, if there's a clean a clean lane, take it. Um, I don't think they're going to hold it against him. If he doesn't run somebody over to get across the goal line, that's what you got backs for. <laughs> um, you got the first down, you got four more opportunities to get it. So, Let's not kill him uh, when he's the guy that you need next week. So I think he'll have to learn that. But the one thing you talked about with um, Wilson and Mahomes, they're natural baseball players. Like the most beautiful slides you ever see in football are from Russell Wilson. Like he takes off and all of a sudden he slides into second base, gets up, throws the referee the ball. Uh, and he does it before a guy is three yards in front of him. He's not like, I'm going to get to the point of contact and then I'm going to slide. He gets what he can and he sees a guy coming, shoop, slides right down. Um, so self-preservation is the key for this quarterback. I think what I've seen from Andrew Thomas, uh, Feliciano, um, Evan Neal is starting to come along, but Andrew Thomas, man, I, he had some really good plays uh, last night just taking and it's been a real battle and iron will sharpen iron but he and um Thibodeau you know Thibodeau is really the one thing I love about him is he's not a one move guy he constantly works you during a pass rush right so he could give you something with speed he'll go to power he'll disengage boy he did it a few times <clears throat> and Andrew Thomas reset I mean, feet were just moving, 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 moving. So that was really impressive just to continue to fight a high effort pass rusher. That's one of the things. And see, again, this is where you talk about the wins and a win-win situation where uh, the blitzer gets free, win for the defense. Uh, the quarterback stays alive, win for the offense. Well, with this battle between Thomas and Thibodeau, it's a win-win too, because the harder uh, Thibodeau's making Andrew Thomas work, and and he know, and Thomas knows, if my feet stop at any moment, this guy's got another move, and my quarterback's hit. Well, isn't and, that like, isn't that you and Bavaro? Well, yeah, and it's also uh, Lawrence Taylor versus every other uh, tackle that he lined up with. It's like you just got to keep going and keep going. The best you can hope for against a really good player on your team is a tie because when you get in a game, that effort's not going to be there and you're going to get some wins. That's why both Mark and I were always winning our battles outside of our practice. So I love seeing that because they just work and look, it's just not, um, 
Thibodeau. It's Ojolari. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez showed up. It's time. He showed up in the scrimmage on some pass rush stuff, but he got lazy in the run game. Uh, he got blocked a couple of times. Uh, I'm talking about Zimenez. So it's not just about the pass rush. Uh, you got to come in there and play all phases. But I can see the excitement around what these guys are doing. You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, we talked about Kadarius Tony. We've talked about that a zillion times, whether it's on podcasts, TV shows, whatever we do. He's got to be healthy. Wandale Robinson, obviously, is going to be a big factor. Saquon. Uh, I'm really curious to see what happens with Kenny Galladay. Well, he's um, showing you. Yeah, I mean, th th there's a role for him, especially with the lack of the tight ends that they have. Mm -hmm. You know, with him being a big body, I, you got to think that red zone, low red zone, Galladay is going to be a some kind of factor. They'll Or they'll figure out a way to at least get the most out of what he brings to the table, which was size and physicality. Well, if this, <clears throat> if this past week was any indication, he started off the week um, reading how he didn't have any explosiveness. He couldn't get away from anybody. All he did every practice was get away from people and catch footballs. And then he capped it off last night with some beautiful plays. So I think um, if he if he does his part, this offense will do its part for him because there the game is always in 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 uh, like Kafka will tell you uh, and Coach Dave's will tell you it's about spacing and angles matchups right they can create space. They got guys who can create angles for the quarterback to throw the ball, but it's also about matchups. So he's no, he's no day off, meaning Galladay, when you've got the threat of Barkley, Robinson, Tony, um, all of a sudden, one of those three guys are going to get more attention because their ability to create spacing. Um, so they want to take one of those matchups away. And again, in a league where everybody's talking about the number one and number two corner, well, you need a number three, you need a number four corner mm -hmm. because teams will spread you out. They can go no tight ends, one back in four, in, uh, four wide receivers. Who's covering who? So if you want to put Galladay out there and say, okay, well, here are my four speedy guys. Give me your worst cover guy. It's going to be, as uh, Shaq would say, barbecue chicken all day. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, was, oh. I, 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 I got to be honest with you. One of the things that I'm anxious for here, Carl, is I'm anxious for Thursday night. Now, people watching will be like, ah, you know what, preseason. I don't know what Dable's plans are as far as who he's going to use, who he's not, first preseason game, what his plan is on how he's going to utilize players. Um, but I'm anxious to see them go against somebody else. Uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of the internal battles, but I, I want to see them go against a different team. That's why I'm really excited about Thursday night. Speaking of that, I want to, I want to dovetail back. I like what Josh McDaniels did in the Hall of Fame game where I know he they rested 
you know, they didn't play their starting quarterback. They didn't play their starting wide receivers. But he felt that every running back needed to get a few hits. And sure. everybody got touches. And he mm -hmm. said, listen, we can't replicate in today's world in practice what's going to happen in a game. And I want my running backs to get bumped a little bit. I want them to be worried about ball security in a game situation with people ripping at it. And I want them to feel some hits. Not that I'm going to overwork them throughout camp and have them all go in a bunch of snaps. I like that philosophy. It's almost like a mix of old school and new school. Mm -hmm. Because I always have maintained this, Carl. This is the only sport. Like, hockey's pretty physical. I think you're a big NBA fan. So if you actually go to an NBA game and you sit courtside, you realize the physicality that exists mm -hmm. going up and down the court and the bumping and driving down the lane and contact and all that other stuff. You got to get yourself ready for the season. This, this sport to, you know, and listen, I'm certain coaches believe in doing it this way. I disagree with it for some part for a part of it. How could you last tackle another human being in a game situation or be tackled or cover somebody when was the last regular season game? The the second Sunday of January? Yeah. And then start your regular season the second week of September and not once ever been in a games, game situation since then? I mean, there's a reason why they play 40 exhibition games in baseball. Yeah. There's a reason why the NBA and NHL play preseason games. And by the way, in those NHL games, they don't ban checking. <laughs> uh, to me, I let... I, I like to see the starters play a little bit. Um, well, it's a little different game today. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, I think right now because, and again, I when got, they roll one of those donuts out on the field during a game, <laughs> you got you got. Me. I I don't I don't disagree, but I think the growing. Um, mindset of organizations is we need to get them ready and then as much of one piece as a team for opening day. Getting them ready for opening day are two different things, but having them available for open day, opening day is, is crucial. Um, but this is a sport that requires tackling. So you got to, at some point, get real tackling in or else you're going to miss a lot until you get enough tackling in. Um, <clears throat> you can't trust that, hey, they'll pick it up as the game goes because we see every year, every season, the first four games of the year, about the month, first month to five games is just awful tackling. And then you yeah, also Belichick, have... Be Belichick basically has openly said the first couple games of the regular season are an extension of the preseason. Yeah. In today's world. Yeah. I, I mean, and then the games count. They do. That's why, <laughs> that's why if you want to look at where the emphasis is uh, in this league, it's offense, right? It's always a, can we score enough points? Even though we played sloppy, we'll clean it up. Did we score enough points? Um, and, but let's not discount the fact also you have guys that are just not good tacklers to begin with. So they'd even need more reps because they will be the first ones to make the business decisions. Um, but um, it is the world we live in. 
I would love to see, like you said, some reps in preseason to get guys, get the shoulders loose, you know, hit some guys, wrap up, then get them out, sit them down. But I, I get it, you know, it's, and then here's a, a fun fact. The Giants last year, we talked to Dr. Taylor yesterday from Dr. Hospital. Dr. Sam Special. Taylor, yeah. Yeah, um, Giants uh, lead uh, physician, uh, orthopedic, told us that they were the only team in the league that had, I think he said, 24, 24. season-ending season injuries. You know, that's half your roster. Yeah. That is literally half your roster. 24 season-ending injuries. So uh, their goal is to be healthy. Um, it's a delicate dance. It's a delicate balance because, you know, being healthy is one thing, but being productive and being a pro football player is another. So you can't come to camp and say, well, I'm just saving it for the regular season, nor will the coaches tell you, hey, we're going to put you in bubble wrap. Uh, that's why you see Saquon Barkley out there just going hard. I got something uh, I want to share sort of as a, a little bit of a closing, but I want to share with our audience. You mentioned last night and, and the event that you and I and David Tyree did with Dr. Sam Taylor. I'll get to that in just a second. But Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on your favorite sports and contests and events. First to market odds and lines with Bet Online. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Golf's a big thing now as far as the wagering is concerned. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information. Head to Bet Online today. If you use your mobile device to join today, you can make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So we're in the West End Club last night before practice at the Fan Fest. And we were hosting a VIP chalk talk for Hospital for Special Surgery. And we had a very unique, uh, we had a very, we had a very cool question from one of our listeners who's a Believe in Giants yeah. podcast. He actually quoted your Airbnb line about making MetLife Stadium home and not yeah. an Airbnb for other teams. And he made me sign his shirt, Believe in Giants. I saw that. I saw that. That was fun. It was fun. Um, and all they want, all the people want, Bob, is just more Papa and Banks on Believe Networks. So we got to get the people what they want. I think um, we'll talk about this a little more, but I think, you know, a little regularly scheduled programming during the season, maybe Mondays or Tuesdays. And I'm teasing this without workshopping it with you. Yeah, no, I, I'm all, <clears throat> I'm all, let's We got to give, we got to give the public what they want. That's why yeah. when you said that last night during the, uh, during the VIP chalk talk, I'm like, I was yeah. like, you know, I gotta, I gotta hit bank. We should just do a fresh one on Saturday, fresh off what we saw. Yeah, and then they're going to be back at it on Sunday, and then we get that first preseason. So let's we'll talk about it. But you know, when you talk about fresh off of what we saw, Mondays are awesome days. I like Mondays it. Mondays are awesome days. Um, 
fans either want answers or have some things to um, get off their chest. And normally after a game, I'm building questions from fans on social media. And then so, going back um, at them. Carl don't mess around. Yeah. So uh, I think we'll we'll workshop this. And I know we, we both have uh, scheduling things that we do. Um, but let's see if we can give the people a little consistency during the season. And uh, we'll pick a day. And, tell, and we got to tell a friend. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm leaking this, Bob. Yeah. Tell a friend to tell a friend that Banks, Bob, Papa, Papa Banks, Believe Podcast, tell a friend to tell I'm a friend. I'm still waiting that... for the t-shirts. Okay. Okay. Done. I'll have those. Well, not, not really from you. No, I'm no, no. I got believe. I got the merch. Let me let me do the merch. You know, I'll do this merch. Um, but tell a friend to tell a friend that Papa and Banks are gonna give the people what they want after fresh off of what we've seen all right there you go tell a friend to tell a friend thanks for joining us this edition of believe in giants Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.